0: Hey everybody, C Note here. Welcome to the C Note Audio Extravaganza. I am your host, Mr. Christian Rivera, the man with the plan. Sometimes, not not really. I'm just here. I just do this. I exist. Um, I show up and I just say words. That's what I do. So, hi. I hope you had a good weekend. Mine was pretty all right. I'm a Cards Against Humanity champion. Um, I am also a picnic champion. Uh, I went to a work picnic. And I didn't actually win anything there. I'm just the champion of picnics in general. Uh, then I went to a game night with some friends um, in which we played Cards Against Humanity and I was champion there by one point, which a win is a win, I will take it. <laughs> um, so that was a pretty good time, uh, met some new people. They were all really nice and uh, funny. I think it's it's hard to play Cards Against Humanity with uh, with people who maybe are a little bit too literal or or don't have that the willingness to go into kind of weird stuff because <laughs> that game gets real weird um, as you may know if you've played it before. If you haven't played it before, you should probably try it at least once. And I don't know, maybe you'll learn a lot about yourself based on like what you'll like or not. That dude was wearing gray on a gray street. and I barely saw him. <laughs> uh, almost killed someone this morning. Happy Monday. Drums, please. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about failure because I almost failed this morning by accidentally killing somebody, which would have been a big failure. One of those ones you can't recover from. (laughs) But there are other failures ones that you can recover from, one that you can learn from, plenty that you can bounce back from, plenty that aren't really as scary as you think they are. Um, So, we're going to deal with that. But first, I want to address that I use this thing called an dock. This is not a sponsored post, by the way. (laughs) Um, I use this thing called an dock to hold my phone up. And, uh, sometimes when I, when I try to put it back on there, it's basically, it's a, it's like a magnetic slash sticky thing. And there's a sticker on the back of my phone case. It's fairly seamless. Um, and you kind of, like, stick it on there and it holds it pretty strongly. But every once in a while, you have to, um... Put some water on it or clean it to to get all the the gook and the residue off of it um, in order to get the proper stickage. You gotta you gotta wipe the wipe the, the vessel so you get the proper stickage on there. Um, I don't know why I went to that voice, but um, I don't know, I love this thing. So if you're it helps me because I know I I mentioned that I do anchor a lot on the phone or on my not on the phone but in my car. And it's very much, much like, that's not safe. Why are you looking down at your phone? You shouldn't do that. I, I'm, I'm not looking down. I'm looking over. <laughs> Slightly. Uh, I justify it a little bit better because um, it is at eye level-ish, almost. So, But I don't really look at it too much. But I definitely do not look down. Do not look down at your phone while you're driving. I know you're like, I'm an adult. I'm not going to handle it. It's fine. No, it's not fine. You can't handle it. Please do not. It takes 1 second of looking away. It's like dealing with a child. It takes 1 second to look away and before you know it, their arm is chopped off. That's just how it goes. So, just just be careful. That's all. Be aware of your surroundings and your things and the stuff that you're dealing with. Even when I'm recording, I do not look down at the phone. I make sure I start recording and then I pull it off the dock and I hold it to my face and I still look forward while I'm talking to you. So, there will be no failures, no deaths no craziness, as long as I'm in control. (laughs) I will at least do my best. (laughs) No promises, but I will continue to record to let you know that I made it through the day, that I'm alive, and nobody has has passed on. So a quick programming note, Um, this is probably just going to stay on Anchor because I've been having issues posting the podcast version of this, um, which is a little upsetting I sent a little thing into Anchor. Hopefully they can help me out. Um, basically what's happening is I'm trying to post the podcast, and I get to the published part, and then there's a error that comes up saying, like, check your internet connection. I'm like, I know my internet connection's good. Um, and then I swipe back, and it selected other segments that I did not want in the podcast. I also tried previewing it, and same thing. It selected those same ones. And it's not like all of them. It just selects, like, extra random ones. Like, one or two extra ones. So, I don't know if it's, like, filling a time quota, or I don't know what it's doing. So, I, uh, uninstalled the app, reinstalled it, which is annoying on its own. Uh, still same thing happened, so I don't really know what's going on there. So, whatever. We'll hopefully get that fixed and resolved so I can get these podcasts back up and running, because I do have some podcast listeners, and I would appreciate being able to get this stuff to them. So, Anyway, without further ado, um, I'm going to officially start this segment on failure, which is probably only going to be two parts anyway, so, failure, epic fail and that ending is a fail on its own, and this traffic is a failure, big, big failure. So, failure, let's talk a little bit about it, because... I think it's an interesting topic. Um, a lot of people are very averse to failure, which in a lot of ways they very much should be, and uh, other people are very much not bothered by it at all, which is a little bit closer to what you should be, um, I feel. Because I, I like to use the analogy that Gary Vee often uses, which I've, I keep referencing him, but he's just like, he's put all of these concepts into such great. Uh, Analogies and narratives that it just becomes easy to to discuss. I probably should have got off of that ramp there, but that's fine. Anyway, um, I, I like using the adage that he goes by when it, when he talks about, like, you're only as good as your last at-bat, meaning that, like, if you do something really great, it, it kind of doesn't matter. You have to kind of keep going and focus on the next one still um, and love the process of going from a bat to a bat and just try to make contact and work on your average essentially. Um, it's the way that I interpret it at least. And the other, the other side of it is that, all right, if you strike out this time, just worry about the next bet, let's get it done. Um, so uh, by either side of the token, you know, th- again, like I was kind of talking about yesterday that there are these like contradictions in life where you can look at things both ways. Um, but it's really like situational. You really got to be, I-, I would think we should be very open to the idea that it, things could be framed in either way. In either in either case, um, if that makes sense. I don't think those are words that make sense. Anyway, <laughs> um, but depending on the situation, y- you kind of have to be malleable, flexible, as it were, to make your brain ready for those moments. Like if you're failing in a situation, you got to be ready to say, like, "All right, well, let's. What do we learn from this? Let's try to let's try to suck it up, and you know." apply some new information to the next time and make this better Um, but also if if you fail to not be to not be crippled by it Um, I think it's easy to get really self-loathing and filled with self-doubt if you're not good at a situation and something doesn't work out Uh, now there are different degrees of failure I mean it's one thing to like I don't know maybe miss a deadline by a day versus um I don't know. Not giving your mom medicine and she dies. <laughs> I don't know. Like there's there's very different uh, different levels of, of failure, I suppose. And um, either way, you shouldn't blame yourself for that. That's probably a terrible example. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it, you know, it's more about the things that you can control. And if you're able to properly control those things, then you know you're 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 mitigating or you're you're controlling your your level of success and failure. I apologize, I sound a little jumbled today, so I'm trying to stumble through this. So, I would appreciate if you called in and kind of like filled in all the details here and helped me. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, but I want to reiterate that I'm kind of just talking through concepts and um, I'm in no means an expert. I, I mean, I don't know, I could be an expert in failure, I guess. I've failed plenty of times in my life. Um, done plenty of things where I screwed up and had to recover or had to take years upon years to figure out a new way to move past it Um, you know I've I've had relationships that have affected me for years and years and years and you just think over and over over again about your mistakes and your failures and how to improve on them in the future and I feel like that has served me well actually I feel like I've learned a lot based on my own failures um, and how to apply them and that's another thing is like you may not necessarily even recognize what led you to that failure immediately like you, you might it might take some time to really let it marinate, to really think about what has been has gone wrong, um, and it's in that limbo, in that time between um, making the mistake and figuring out what really what the mistake was, where it can get a little dangerous, where you're kind of really knee deep in that self doubt, because um, you're like you know you did something wrong, but you really you can't pinpoint how to fix it or how to how to not make that mistake in the future, not to fall into negative patterns. Um, so that gets real tricky. Um, and that's the reason I wanted to talk about failure because I think it's a little bit more nuanced than, than we probably, uh, imagine it. I think it's easy to say like, don't think about failure. You know, it's like things happen, you move on. Um, but there are little things that come with that. You know, it's, it's, you're not going to learn everything overnight. You're not going to say like, okay, Uh, And not everyone's good at accepting the mistakes that they make. And that's kind of the first part, is accepting that you made a mistake so that you can fix it. So I want to reiterate that I'm not an expert on failure, though uh, my life sometimes would beg to say differently. Um, I I, I mean, in, in, in moments in the past, I should say, because right now I feel pretty good. I mean, all eventually leads to something that is pretty good. And then there's the other concept of synthetic happiness, which I would like to post a YouTube video later on here about that when I get home. Um, it's basically this concept of our brains are... It's kind of a defense mechanism that we have in our brains that allows us to take a negative situation and eventually turn it into a positive because it reflects a choice that we've made in life. So there was an experiment done where um, we had They had somebody pick from a line of paintings, and they would pick the one they want, but then they would actually say, okay, so you can't keep that one, but we'll give you this one. And um, so they got the new painting, they'd come back in a week, and you'd have to pick from the same set of, set of paintings. And often, people would pick the painting that they ended up with. So you end up kind of making a, a, a case for the thing that you ended up with as being the best of, option. I think a lot of people immediately go to relationships (laughs) and immediately say like, okay, things turned out okay, Uh, even if maybe objectively it wasn't. Um, Sometimes that happens. But our brains are actually good at being malleable, which I keep using that word also. Ah, I don't like it when I get repetitive. (laughs) Um, um, So our, our brains are willing to adjust to the situation and allows us to to accept and appreciate the things that we have, as opposed to the things that we want and need. Now, again, that's also a perspective thing. Uh, but they did some experiments and found that it was a little bit more common than we might think it is. Um, so I'll post that so it's a bit a little better articulated, but than than I would say. But um, I, I think it's important to look to think about that. Um, to think about some the long-term implications of failures especially as a teenager because we make a lot of stupid failures we make a lot of failures that revolve around people um relationships little flings or whatever that fail um for me i had a really big heavy relationship when i was in my late teens that um one of those things where like i was pretty sure we were going to spend our life together it was kind of um uh kind of a girl next door kind of situation you know it's like they were meant to be together, and then, you know, I had kind of a (laughs) freak-out, and, uh, both mental health-wise, and I didn't want to be stuck in Philly forever, so, I don't know, I just kind of, like, it it didn't sit well with me. And at the time, it felt like a major failure. And sometimes I still think about it, and it feels like a bit of a failure, because, you know, you always kind of wonder what something, what an alternate path in life would have been like, not necessarily, like, hoping, but, like, out of curiosity more. Um, so it's like, I've spent, I spent a long time thinking about that relationship and the the little failures that i made within it. Um, the way that I spoke to her, the way that I maybe ignored her in certain situations, um, the way that I really didn't give as much attention as I should, the way I was always looking at other girls, (laughs) you know, that sort of stuff. Um, and, and, and so a, lot of, a lot of it is like teenage immaturity stuff, but at the same time, there's plenty of things that carried over to other relationships that I saw parallels in. And over time, I learned how to, to fix some of those things, um, but also learned to accept that um, you know, life is just going to keep going down a path and you can't be stuck in one place. Um, you have to allow yourself to move forward and try new things and, and try a new life and try a different version of what you thought your life was going to be and with that you can't really you can't harbor a resentment for those moments in life either you know I, I guess again I spoke to this earlier about like exes and stuff for me I I relish I, I really love the fact that you know someone like her and other people in their lives have decided to spend their life with me for that moment in time you know they they didn't actually spend their life with me but in that moment they felt like they would you know so it's like i'm forever grateful for that and um again it's like a perspective shift you like you could feel like that's a big failure or you could kind of turn it around and say hey you know what that was cool in the moment and you know i guess we just move on and we try to make the rest of our days better So I found for me that that moving on from failure is a matter of me allowing myself to move on from that failure. Because um, often living in it isn't really helpful, at least for me in my past. I, I spent a lot of time, a lot of time thinking about my failures. Um, in some cases it was helpful, in other cases it wasn't. And sorry I can't provide more examples of that, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but... Um, I think, it's, I think it's important to, more than anything, allow ourselves to, A, kind of get messy, get dirty, and make those mistakes. Because if we live too much in a world of safety, I don't think we're going to do anything spectacular. I, I don't think that's really possible, personally. Um, some people may think otherwise, but if you're, if you're in a situation where you're on one side of the world and you're trying to get to another you're going to have to make a change. You're going to have to make a big leap. When I moved to California, I didn't know if this would pan out. I didn't know if I would be on the street. I didn't know where anything would go. I didn't even really tell anybody until a week before. I mean, I told my parents, but I gave my friends like a week or two notice, and I was like, hey, I'm moving to California. Peace out. A, because I didn't want people trying to convince me to stay, <laughs> and B, um, and B, I just knew that I wanted to take the risk and I just needed to dive in and go do it. So um, I knew that that was wrought with the idea of making a ton of mistakes, and I did make a ton of mistakes when I got here. I didn't have enough money saved. I wasn't hustling enough to find side gigs um, to keep me afloat, and I did just enough to keep me afloat. But like to really prosper, I really wasn't doing it. I would kind of get to a place where I was like, "All right, I've got rent," and then just kind of chill for a while and. I feel like that was a mistake. Um, that was a bit of a failure. But I almost, I almost had a huge failure with moving to California, where I, um, I was pretty much like a week away from having to move back because I couldn't afford rent that month. <laughs> and um, but I got two jobs at the same time, and luckily, luckily that worked out. So it was really at the, the nick of time that everything worked out. But super lucky in that sense. Lucky in the way that I actually made it happen, but still pretty lucky at in the timing um, of someone accepting me to work for them. So with that, I don't know, failure is a heavy topic. It's a lot to take on. It's a lot to think about. Um, I want to hear a lot of people's perspectives on failure because I think there are a lot of different different views on it, um, different ways that we go about life and failures. Some people don't even think about them. Some people just move on. Um, for me, I did spend a lot of time with failures, and I I sometimes do, um, just to kind of look at what I could learn from it. Not necessarily to relish it anymore, because um, I used to just soak in it. I used to bathe in the failures, especially like that relationship I was talking about. I lived in that for like a decade. Um, and that relationship ended in 2005. So... Until like maybe two years ago, <laughs> I was really like overanalyzing it all the time. Every year when that anniversary would come around, I would really soak it in it. I'd listen to the music, and I would just like—I don't know—I would allow myself to just, just, just really uh, almost re-experience it again to appreciate appreciate the time that was there, but at the same time, realize that there's a lot that I've learned from it and that I've been able to move on, so I don't know. I've been reading about um, stoicism, so I'm actually curious to hear what stoicism says about um, about failure. There's some topics about fatalism that I think are kind of interesting, but some people feel like uh, even in philosophy with stoicism, a lot of people feel like you need to kind of bathe in it, and then others feel like you need to just kind of move on, so again I think it is just a matter of perspective what really works for you um uh, if you're a person that can like go spelunking into the depths of failure and still be able to find your way out then maybe that's what's for you um but I think some people can't handle it so maybe that isn't the best way to go about it either way you should try to learn in some degree about your failures and how to move on and how to how to try something new next time otherwise you're just doomed to repeat things so with that i'm going to end this episode of the podcast i appreciate you guys listening if you have any thoughts on anchor please call in if you uh want to talk on other social media platforms at rival instagram and twitter hi my name is christian.com i'll talk to you later